Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that my short story is available for free at johntilton.com. If you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you both the ebook and audiobook of Doomed Dune. In this middle grade adventure, a girl named Melina travels to a forbidden landmark guarded by tyrannical robots, but her life turns upside down when she discovers the true reason it's off limits. Discover Doom Doom Secret by heading over to johntilton.com. That's J-O-N-T-I-L-T-O-N.com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Cause of Craft. I'm your host, John Tilton. Why do we create? Where do our ideas come from? What does our craft say about us? These are the ideas we explore here on the show. Each episode, I interview a different guest, from writers and painters to musicians and filmmakers. Together, we investigate the creative process and the reasons behind why we create. Ah, New Year's, a time where we put together our next set of goals and all too often promptly forget to make them happen. It can be tough creating new routines to accomplish what we want, but thankfully there are a variety of resources to help us get to where we want to go. On this episode, I talk with author Leah Marati. She's a firm believer in writing down your goals and focusing on what you want, so much so that she's created her own book called The Manifestation Journal. We discuss this, as well as how creativity helps you understand yourself and how life can often imitate fiction. And what's that? You're looking for a way to help the show grow? I have just the thing for you. Share this or your favorite episode with a friend. And I've heard if you share with two friends, all of your New Year's resolutions will come true without any work. Uh, well, maybe I can't promise that, but I will promise that I'll forever be grateful for your support. In any case, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the show, Leah. It's great to have you. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me, John. I'm very happy to be here. So you've put together a journal called the Manifestation Journal. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Basically, this journal is a daily writing routine to kind of help everyone to refocus on what matters the most to them. By doing that, by refocusing your mind on what matters to you, naturally, you will see that the actions that follow go towards this goal or go towards helping you achieving these goals. So that's what I tried to do with the with this journal. It's a, actually a journaling technique that I've been using since years. And it's kind of the, I've used it in a way that is very informal. I just used it on a piece of paper and we use the pen and a piece of paper. So it's kind of a, a, a more put together and structured way to, to use it so everybody can understand it and use it to their benefits. You, so you say you've used this method before and in your past here. What, were you looking towards a specific goal or how did you hear about the method? How did that all come to start? So if you go back to when it first started, very, very, very first started, it started, everything started with my mom because she's an amazing writer. She has nothing published. Unfortunately, I'm keeping pushing her to continue to write and to publish something one day, but you know, parents. So um, everything that had something on my mind or something that I was frustrating with, she was always telling me, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. Everything that you think about even if it's something negative or if it's something positive or something that you want to do, write it down. So I think since my very childhood, I have these words in my mind that, okay, if I have something in my mind, whether it's positive or negative, I need to write it down. So that was, I think, the first, um, the first tick or the, the, the first thing that draws me towards journaling and toward writing my feelings and my emotions and all the things that were going through my head, basically. And the second, the second tick, I would say, 
was my taekwondo teacher when I was when I was a kid. I was practicing martial art, and my taekwondo teacher was telling me every time I was saying, "Oh no, I can't do this movement," or "I can't punch that person," or "You know, I cannot do this. I cannot do that." I think he was so pissed off with me saying these kind of things that he was he was telling me, "Okay, you know what? You think you cannot do it." write it down a hundred times and you see after how you feel and if you cannot do it. So it was actually making me writing those lines instead of saying that I cannot do it, saying that I can do it. I can do this. It's going to sound weird. I can do this gig. I can punch this person. You know, I think it all comes from the combination of these two, of these two person and of these two experiences. And then I realized that this, technique actually was helping me seeing more about me and about who I was and about what I really wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to do with me. And it's only years later, as you can see, because this book was launched September of this year, I realized that by doing this and by journaling and by writing down what I wanted to do several times a day, just to keep my focus on it, these things actually happened. (laughs) You know, I'm talking to you right now from, from Miami, which is a city that I'm not from, which is a country that I am not from. And this is something that I manifested. I always wanted to travel. I always wanted to learn new language. I always wanted to leave abroad to leave my country and to leave abroad and this is something that happened so i guess this is working a little bit (laughs) so what did you first start writing down was it just you want to travel or was it miami specifically the u.s specifically what did you start writing down that you wanted to have happen i can tell you because it was not that specific which is really interesting because there's this thing about manifestation that you you can ask for something and the more specific you are the better but you never know how you are going to receive it, right? So I'm going to give you a concrete example of what I was writing down. I wrote that I wanted to leave my country and I wanted to move somewhere else in a different country. I wrote that I wanted to leave by the beach or with a beach not too far from me. And this is also very specific. I, at that time, I was working in a small store, a small perfume store in Paris, And a lot of tourists were passing by, a lot of American tourists specifically. And they were all paying with their American Express card, which which I was estranged to. I had no idea what an American Express card was. We don't use that in Europe. We don't use that at all. And I don't know, I was so fascinated by these cards because I was seeing like the gold cards and the black cards. And I was like, this looks amazing. And I wanted to have one. And this became one of my objectives too. So I wrote down that I want an American Express, <laughs> which is a little bit crazy. But I was like, you know, this, is, this was just a goal that I had for myself. And it was just, I was writing those things, these three things down. Like, I want to leave my country. I want to move abroad. I want to live by the beach. And I want an American Express. And I was writing those things, writing those things every day, every day, every day. And as I said, it's it's switch your your focus on those things it keeps your mind focused on those things which leads me to starting to apply to jobs outside of my country to take interviews and to practice my English because my English was not what it was today (laughs) and a lot of people in these interviews told me that you know like no sorry your English is not that good it's not gonna work or whatever and I was like you know what 
okay, I'm going to continue to apply just to practice my interview skills. That's what I'm going to do. So I was applying to these jobs in Europe, in Asia, in wherever, basically, until I saw, and I was, you know, facing rejection after rejection after rejection. And I saw this job, and actually someone that I know talked to me about it, my boyfriend at that time, talked to me about it. He said, oh, look at that job offer. And it was a job offer based in Miami um, for a company that I was literally in love with. It was like kind of a dream job. And I was like, okay, that sounds too good to be true. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply for it and I'm going to go with the, for the, the interview practice. That's what I wanted to do, right? I went through all the interview process and long story short, I got the job. And I didn't realize at that time that it was ticking all the boxes and all the things that I wanted because I was leaving my country in three months. When I said yes to the job in three months, I was out of France and flying to the US with a one-way ticket. So I left my country. Miami is definitely by the beach. The beach is not too far <laughs> from me right now. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, what comes, what came with the job is an American Express because, you know, you get to spend company money, which is pretty cool. So it was not my American Express, but there was still my name on it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> close enough to be like, wow, you close really did enough. it all. Yeah. That was close enough. So this is all super fascinating. The word manifestation, it, it kind of has a like almost like spooky, spiritual like tone to it. But then it's interesting because when you describe everything that happened, it's just so practical. Like you're mm. writing down the things that you would like to accomplish. And in doing that, you're putting your focus on those things. So then you're looking for opportunities and maybe taking some steps that you might feel uncomfortable with unless you were in the correct mindset. It's just funny because it's it, like uh, you hear like, oh, the manifestation journal, it, like it's almost like that phrasing is can be spooky for some people, I guess. And so right, right. I think I saw you post on Instagram at some point too, like there was certain get your ex back in 10 days over text message or whatever. And it's like, what you're talking about isn't that sort of thing. And, and so how does, how does this methodology differ from maybe those things that might pop into someone's mind when they first hear that word manifest? Well, I love that because when I look up on, I, I don't really look at manifestation content online. Maybe I should more often, but since I uh, I released the book and now people are started talking about it and everything, people are sending me things, you know, a post or TikToks or stuff like that about manifestations, you know. And that's all I see, you know. Uh, use this manifestation technique to get your ex to call you back tomorrow, you know. Sometimes it's not even 10 days. It's like tomorrow or things like, you know, do these things in order to manifest anything you want in 24 hours i'm like what <laughs> what this is not like this is really this is spooky to to, re, to reuse that word like to me this is really spooky i'm like oh my god what are you what are you going to ask me to make everything that i want to happen in 24 hours you know <laughs> so i think it's probably one of the big turn off and I'm going to be honest with you. It was a big turn off for me because I heard about manifestation before. And for me, it was just like some um, like magical thing. And I really didn't want to have anything to do with it. 
you know, I didn't read the law of attraction, all this kind of thing. Maybe now I should, now that, you know, that I understand the process a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, all these things like burn incense and say your things three times or whatever. What I talk about in the book, and I'm very, and I'm very, um, I'm a straightforward person, so I, I like to illustrate what I'm what I'm saying with examples. So the examples that I give are real life examples, which is exactly the one that we talked about before, the one with my career example. It's exactly the one that I use in the book to illustrate how the way you frame your mind on thing and the way you focus your mind on thing will naturally unfold actions that will naturally drive you to realize what you want. And I'm not a neuroscience scientist. I'm not an expert at all, and I don't want to sound like it. But it's just witnessing the effect of this technique. And there's many ways to manifest. I use writing because I think I write since I can write, you know, any, anything, stories or anything that comes to my mind. But there's many other techniques. You can use visualization if you're more of a visual person, images. There's a lot of different things that you can use. But all of this is not about magic. It's about focus. It's about focusing your brain on what you want to happen and what is really important to you. And I think it's not something that is easy to do, especially nowadays, especially in our society where we are overly stimulated by things that we didn't ask for, <laughs> you know, with social media and um, not bashing social media, obviously, but it's a lot of unsolicited uh, stimulations for your brain. A lot of different things that you, you know, a lot of uh, suggestions, a lot of, uh, a lot of information that you actually don't need that make you literally forget about what is really important. So I totally understand the spooky aspect of manifestation because when you look at it online, it's kind of scary sometimes what you see. Sometimes it makes me laugh, honestly. I laugh a lot at manifestation content online. If I can say something about it, is that if uh, for, for, for you and for your listeners, um, I'm sure you won't fall for this, John, but just in case, if someone is asking you money to manifest anything in your life, please don't give them that money. <laughs> Don't do it. You know, it's uh, you cannot ma manifestation is about is about the self. It's about this is my perspective on it. My humble opinion. I think manifesting is about the self, and it's about how aligned you are with your vision, with your value. How aware you are of your vision, because sometimes you you get so disconnected from yourself that you don't even know what you want for yourself or that you want in your life. So I think it's more about um, a lot of inner work than something magical. There is a spiritual part of it. I'm sorry, it's a long answer. <laughs> it's a, there's a spiritual part to it because I think that there's also a part of manifestation where you have to kind of trust also that something is going to, to happen. There's a part of surrender too, like, okay, I know that this is going to happen. I don't exactly know how, but I know it will happen. So yeah, long answer, but hopefully that answers your question. No, that's good. There's a lot of things to 
talk about, I have a lot of different responses that I'm thinking of as you're talking. And one of them is, it, you know, with these, like, I guess you would call them the scammer crowd of like the manifestation stuff, like for all that, where it's like, oh, it's magically going to happen for you if you give me the 20 bucks and wait 24 hours, you know, and what people often fall for because everyone wants this is that shortcut to the hard work, right? Like when you describe how you got your job here in Miami, it wasn't like like you had to, you talk about practicing all those different interviews. Like it wasn't something that was a snap of your fingers. You aligned your focus to be on something that you desired, but you still put in the work to get there. It wasn't some thing that you were writing down and then, you know, sleeping every day until it happened. It wasn't like the only thing you did was write in the journal and then go to bed and hope that it happened. Like you actually did something yourself as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're totally right. I think people are looking for, you know, I think also it's uh, it's talking about those, the scammers and, you know, um, I think it's really sad because, you know, people sometimes are desperate for something. You know, if they if they come out of a heartbreak and they want to get that person back or whatever, you know, people are, are hurting, right? And people are, use, are using that, you know, making them believe things that, you know, are clearly not going to happen. That saddens me a little bit. But what saddens me the most is people who are very, you know, um, conscious that there's a lot of work to do. But whenever, whenever they realize how much work have to be put in place to achieve certain goal. They don't want to do it anymore. All of a sudden, you know, it's not a goal anymore or it's not a dream anymore. It's like, Oh no, it's going to take all of this, all of this of my time and energy. Ah, no, I'm not really into it. What? I need to talk to all these people, have all these interview and be rejected and still going for it. No, I'm not really into this. I tell a lot of people that want to manifest thing in their life and I'm using this word cautiously but everything you want to manifest in your life or realize or dreams or goals that you have you can write all of them down make a big list out of it and for all of them ask yourself do I still want this if it takes me five years to obtain it or two years even two years is a long time you know but sometimes it's not gonna take a week it's gonna take two years or maybe five years, you know, if your goal is to, I don't know, I'm going to take that example again, but I have a house by the beach. It's not going to happen tomorrow if you live in the mountains, you know, by doing this exercise, making all the list of the things that you want to do and then ask yourself, okay, I know I can obtain this, but it's going to take me 10 years. Do I still want it? Yes or no. And then you can clean your your list of things you want to happen in your life or manifestations or whatever you want to call it uh, and really focus on what you actually really want. Okay, so another thing that you mentioned earlier on that I thought was interesting was this kind of idea of focusing on something. It kind of really is this antidote almost to the culture of social media, like we're just bombarded with a randomness, like, like social media even used to be something that was more specific. But now, like, especially when TikTok got popular, and now all these algorithms decide what it should show us, uh, just because it's what's popular, what's been engaging, and then you just get all this random crap, really. 
and finding things in your life to refocus on the things that you really care about instead of what other whatever random things are being fed to you. I think that is something that's really important, not just for goal setting, but almost for staying sane. Oh, for sure. For 100%. Staying sane, your mental health. I mean, and even your your just your brain capacity altogether. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I believe all human brains function the same, but we all have a certain bandwidth every day. A certain space that you can, you know, that you can um, run your day with, and I've am guilty too. I mean, of scrolling mindlessly on TikTok and uh, Instagram Reels or whatever. It's all studied for it, you know. It's very, it's very attractive. So you look at all these things that you really don't want to look at. You didn't go to your phone and through Instagram. Why are you going on Instagram in the first place? I think. That's a question, you know, I, th- I try to ask myself more now. Why are you going there? Are you going there because you're actually looking for something that is going to make your life better or easier? Or are you just there because out of just habit? We're just creatures of habit. So whatever is ingrained in our routine, we just do it mindlessly and we just don't pay attention to it. So now when I go to YouTube and I... And I'm asking myself that question. Do I really need to know how to make a sugar cookie right now? Is it really something that is going to make my life better? I could answer myself yes, because sugar cookies makes everything better. But, um, you know, do I need to fill my brain with this information right now? Most of the time, the answer is no, you know. And I can free so much bandwidth and so much brain space without all this all this crap that I don't need, you know. I actually did this experiment where I removed for one month, I removed all the social media from my phone. And I have so much time. What am I going to do with all this time? <laughs> and, and the brain also. Like the, you think differently because you don't feed your brain with all these things. That's, that's how the creative mind works, right? You need to feed your mind with things and that let it sit a little bit so it becomes something else. So if you feed your brain with dancing cats and sugar cookie recipe and outfits of the day or whatever it is, you know, um, this is what your mind is going to create with. That's what you feed your mind with to create something out of it. So I think being mindful of that is it's really a game changer when you ask yourself, okay, I'm, am I sure that I want to, to consume this and then let it sit in my brain and take space in my brain? I'm getting nerdy here, but that's, that's how it feels for me at least. <laughs> Let's go back to talking about setting goals in general here. You already mentioned that sometimes when you write something down and you look at it later, you realize, well, I didn't really even want that goal. I'm thinking of something slightly different, a different way to think about this in terms of choosing the right goal. I imagine that you might have a really rough time and maybe it's still possible, but if you start manifest journaling about, I want to be the first person to go to Mars or something like this, just of all the people that want to do that, you know, like living in, living by a beach in the United States, there's enough opportunity to probably get that accomplished if you're putting your mind to it, right? Right. But uh, if there's one per- one person in the world of nine billion people who are going to be, you know, the first person to step on Mars, uh, and again, I'm picking an extreme example, but 
but it's on purpose to try to figure out like, is there a way to think about these goals in terms of choosing something that you feel is a realistic achievement? Or is it about taking it, taking it a step further than what you think is possible? I love that because I all, I'm always one to, you know, to, to push others and help them to think out of the box a little bit. And because uh, most of the time we depreciate ourselves. We always think of ourselves as less, less capable of whatever you want to do. Right. So I will always encourage people to think that they can do more than they think they, act, they can actually do. But if you tell me that, you know, oh, okay, my goal is really to uh, be the first person on Mars or Pluto, or, you know, if you want to tell me you want to become a dolphin or this kind of things, you know, I think it's manifestation is also about being extremely self-aware of what you can do and what you cannot do, what is attainable and what is not. Sometimes it's not that easy to, to draw the line, but most of the time, you wouldn't, if you know yourself enough, you know if your goal is attainable or not. If you want to go, if you want to go to Mars, I'm sure there's a blueprint for that. It might maybe take more than one generation to obtain it. Maybe you can change your goal to okay, maybe I want my grandkid to be, you know, to live on Mars or to be the the, the first person to go to Mars or things like this, you know. But yeah, I think goal setting has. The manifestation goal setting in general has a lot to do with how much do you do you know yourself and your capabilities how aware are you of your skills how aware are you of your limits because there's that too being aware of uh, of your limits how are you aware of what what are you good at what field are you good at what are you less good at what are you extremely good at or not so i think it involves a lot a lot, again, of self-work and inner work and self-awareness. Because being self-aware is a thing, but I think it's not enough because being aware of something is the beginning of something, but it's not enough. If you can then act on those things, it's even better because you say, okay, I'm really good at writing, but I'm not really that good at speaking. But I know that my goal involves speaking somehow. Just giving you an example. I'm like, okay. I know now that I can still polish my writing because you can always improve something that you that you're already good at and I know that I really have to extra polish I need to upgrade my speaking game because you know I want to I want to become um what could be the goal I want to become a best-selling author and best-selling author involves speaking gigs for example so I think by being more aware of your of your powers, I call them powers, but you call, can call them skills or whatever you're very good at. It helps you also seeing the blueprint. The blueprint, because most goals or dreams even have blueprints. Except again, if you want to become a dolphin, there's no blueprint for that. I cannot help you with that. <laughs> but if you want uh, six pack abs for you know the beach or whatever it is. There's a blueprint for that. There's steps that you can implement to reach that goal. If you want to write a book, going back to writing, you never wrote a book in your life. There's a blueprint for that. You can implement those steps. It's going to take time, but you can do it. You can absolutely do it. 
it well it feels like there's kind of these two categories right of things that you should know is you need to understand deeply your goal and how other people have achieved a similar or the same goal and then understanding yourself and what it is that you need to kind of put yourself in that situation to be able to, to achieve it and then of course it's taking all that together and finding ways to create action to do that. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the kind of the understanding oneself aspect of things, because I find that creative expression in general is actually a great way to figure all that out. Like just in writing fiction, I've been able to understand myself a lot more and you write fiction as well, right? It's You haven't just yes. authored this journal. You're also a fiction writer. Can you talk a little bit about maybe how those things are connected? Yes. And I totally agree. I think creativity is a creativity in all its every shape or form. Um, I think it's a fantastic outlet to reconnect with who you are and reconnect with what you, what you want to do with what you really want to do and trying different form of um, creative outlet because it, being creative involves also shutting down the the part of the brain that is constantly thinking or criticizing or analyzing and this is something that all people are capable to do you know everybody is that's what i think i think everybody is creative i think humans are creative beings by essence because creativity is about connecting ideas with one another and creating something different out of it, right? It's a very generic definition and it's certainly not the exact definition, but that's how I see creativity. So by in involving yourself in creative, in creative uh, activities, whether it's writing, whether it's uh, singing, whether it's dancing, whether it's cooking, whatever it is, you are actually also um, shutting down that part of the brain that is constantly, you know, uh, criticizing or analyzing or whatever. And you access a part of your brain that is where I believe your superpower really resides, which is the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is, I think it opens such a different door on, on things. It's it has nothing rational. Um, it opens so much doors and so much possibilities. And by doing this, by also opening up your mind and opening yourself to reconnect with that, with that mind of yours, you also reconnect with yourself because you're making connections with things that you might have forgotten, for example. I suggest this exercise that I read in a, in a book that it's called Mastery from Robert Greene. I don't know if you have a red Robert Greene books before. I recommend them to literally everybody, but this one, Mastery, it talks about the fact that each human being is unique in kind of a cos cosmical uh, way. I don't know if that's a correct word, but he says that every human being that comes on the planet has a unique DNA that is unique to them and that is never going to be reprodu reproduced. And all of us have inside of us since the very first day we were born or even before, you know, in, in the womb or even before, if you believe in that, we have something, abilities, we have something to, something that we're really good at, something that we're drawn to. And most of the time when you're a kid, you're very connected 
to that ability. You're really connected. Kids are really in tune with that. I call it the inner voice. Robert Greene called it the, uh, I think, the mission. Uh, I can't remember exactly what those were. It might be not the mission, but you know what I mean. It's some, something like that. Something that is already in you that will keep calling you all your life. And most of the time when you're a kid, you're very close to it. I was trying to write stories when I, when I was a kid. It was, of course, it was, of course, not readable. It was a nightmare to read, but with my kids' words and whatever it is, I was always making up stories. I realized I was not uh, good with words, with the writing per se. So I started drawing and I was much better at drawing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. So yeah, I think the more you grow up and you become an adult and all these things, you kind of disconnect yourself from this, um, from this inner voice and from the things that you actually really good at and that you enjoy doing. And through creativity and creative outlets and creative experiences, I feel that you truly reconnect to that inner voice. Um, you can call it the inner child or, or whatever it is, but I think it's really a calling. I think that's how I would call it. It's a calling. It's something that you have in you that always want to go out. I think the creative people, they all they always have... They don't create because they want to create. They create because they have to create. You know what I mean? So I totally uh, think that creativity is one of the doors that you can open to reconnect with yourself. If you feel that you are disconnected with yourself, dis discontent with your life, with your career, with your relationships, there's something going wrong there because you're probably not aligned yourself with what you really want in your life. You may be not even aware of it. Maybe you never ask yourself that question. When you're coming up with different goals, do you tie those to, so for example, the new year is coming up here. Do you tie those to a new year or do you just kind of, as one goal gets accomplished, you make a new set of goals or what's your process with that like? I know everybody loves New Year for resolutions and things like that, which is some, which is amazing. I love that part of the year, you know, to, okay, this is a fresh new year. It's time to set new goals, etc. The way I set goals might be a little bit different because I try to have one enormous, gigantic goal for the year. And actually, I say gigantic, but it doesn't have to be gigantic. But I set one goal for the year that is going to be my absolute priority or something that I absolutely want to get done before December 31st of that year. So I usually think of that big massive goal and then I always ask myself why why do I want this why do I want this to happen by the end of the year? Why is it so important to me? Why do I put all my energy and time, the most precious currency that we have, you know, into this project? And I start from this big goal and I dissect the big goal into smaller goals. I don't necessarily time myself anymore because I used to give myself a very tight, tight deadline. Uh, thank you, corporate word, for that because <laughs> that's what now I'm kind of um, used to work under very tight deadlines, etc. So maybe in my office job, this is something that is kind of working. Uh, it's maybe not the best, but it's working. Uh, but for all my creative projects, it's 
I don't do that. I don't uh, give myself crazy deadlines. I give me a, a period of time. So I'm like, okay, if I want to release this book, do I want to have it published the first semester or the second semester? You know, I try to think big first before thinking of very small goals. I try to think as big, big as possible and then narrow down. How do you find the balance of what kind of pressure to put on yourself? Because I think clearly with different goals, especially the ones that are challenging and often a step beyond what we might expect from ourselves, but know that we can do it if we really push ourselves. How do you find the balance between pushing yourself towards that goal, but also preventing yourself from having like an unhealthy fixation on, I got to do this or, you know, or else I'm, I'm failing myself, that sort of thought. Well, I guess that comes back to knowing yourself and your limits <laughs> because, um, and okay, knowing yourself and your limits and also what your priorities are. And for example, my, and what your basic needs at are, you know, you need to eat, you need to have a roof above your head, you know, the basic needs. I think that's how also you, you prioritize what is helping me have my basic needs, um, uh, covered, you know, my day job is doing that. Okay. So it means that my day job needs to be my priority. And then when you have done that, I think not burning yourself out, pursuing, pursuing a goal, you know, cause it's not about achieving the goal. It's achieving the goal sane and healthy. <laughs> that would be like a little plus, um, which I think when you are passionate about something, you can tend to forget about yourself and just go after it, go after it, go after it and completely die at the end of the, of the process. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, I think being, I think being aware of your limits and also being uh, able to say no to yourself. Uh, so that's a big thing too, because we say no to other people, but when it's ourselves, it's very different and being very comfortable and flexible with your goals and especially your deadlines, because I think that's what burns most people out is that, oh my God, if this doesn't happen by the end of the year, I would be a total failure or, you know, associating yourself with the idea of failing if you didn't manage to realize that goal by the time that you think it would take. But the thing is, things takes always more time than when you think it's going to take, first of all. So if you can already have that mental flexibility of allowing yourself that if I don't manage to create this or publish this or whatever it is in the six months that I want that I said that I was about to create it you know and then and if I need to double the month I will do it you know I will allow my, myself to do it I'm talking about things that are it's that is rationally possible to do like of course if my boss is asking me to deliver something in one week. You know, if I know myself and I know my limits and I know that I would not be able to deliver it in one week, but in 10 days, I can go to that person and say, hey, okay, this is how it's going to happen. And I can deliver it in 10 days. Is that okay? If it's not okay, can we compromise? Let me see what we can do, etc." So I think it's, yeah, it's going back to knowing yourself, knowing your capabilities, knowing your limits. Um, it usually helps when you have when you have a buddy, when you have a partner in crime or a partner or a best friend 
that knows you really well and see when you forget yourself. <laughs> like, hey, you kind of didn't eat the past 48 hours. <laughs> I know I know you want something and you didn't shower either. So maybe, you know, there's something that you can do. You know, the flow state. When you're in a flow state, you know, a time can pass by and, you know, a week has passed and you're still on your computer and, you know, these things are going to happen. But basically, my short answer would be having that mental flexibility and also being very gentle with yourself too, you know. It's like being productive is not being burned out. It's not being stressed out. It's not being uh, all anxious and sweaty about your goals and, and, and getting all crazy about what you need to do. It's about managing to achieve what you want to do, being sane and healthy at the end of the process, and enjoy the process also, because that's a big part of it. Well, great. I think that's all wonderful advice. And thank you so much, Leah, for coming on the podcast and sharing all this great advice and tips with us. I want to kind of end on things with just kind of the central question of the show, which is, you know, you have written this journal, you use this method yourself, but why have you made a journal to share with others that they can do it as well? And why do you enjoy writing fiction and, and journals and things like this? So the reason why I wrote the, the book and to, to share it, and it's going to sound really maybe weird or cheesy, but I do a lot of meditation. And there's certain time of the year where I meditate a little bit more because I need it, because I know that this is a time that I need to, to recenter and to really be concentrated and focused. And I was still practicing that that journaling uh, technique and writing the things I wanted to manifest three times a day. And it just striked me during a meditation session that it could become it could become something it could become a book and something that I could share with others because I have shared this with so many people, uh, family members, friends, colleagues. I have shared this casually you know over over the coffee machine or you know just doing random sketches on a piece of paper to explain how it works uh i did even templates uh, full templates on a word document for people to use it and all these kind of things and then i realized that if what if i created something that would encapsulate everything and that would allow people to do it by themselves you i could teach it so it just, the idea just striked me and I realized that it didn't really strike me because it was already there because people have asked me this in the past. They've asked me about this technique and I've shared it already. So it, it didn't really strike me. It was already there on my mind. And I think the fact that I, you know, took time to reset and to rest and to reconnect with myself it just came back again to my mind that this is something that not that I want to do, but that I should do. That's what really was the, the reason why I created the, the journal for everybody to, everybody to use it. Um, and writing fiction, this, uh, I think the, I think the writing part in general, but writing fiction in particular, I think this is, this is my creative outlet where I've, think that I can be a hundred percent myself and write whatever I want and create the word that I want to create. Uh, I can write about the changes I want to see in the world. I can actually 
make these changes and see those changes in the world happening, which is pretty fantastic. So, um, and I don't think it's all—it's only the realm of of fiction. You know, I believe fiction and stories in general are here um, because humans are very receptive to stories. We are uh, wired; our brain are, are are wired to receive stories, and stories can. I think stories and storytellers have shaped the world. When you see everything that is happening now, it was in fiction 50 years ago. It was already there. When I think about it, it's blow my mind completely. I'm like, oh my days, everything was already there. So that's what I love about writing fiction because I like to think to myself that it's not fiction, that this is actually going to become reality. This world of sharing and loving and peace that I am describing in my fiction, this maybe is something that will happen, I don't know, 50 years from now, 100 years from now. Hopefully not too long, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, this is why I love um, radic fiction because I think it's extremely powerful. Well, good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, before we go, do you want to tell people where they can find your book and how they can connect with you online. Yes, sure. Um, so the book, The Manifestation Journal, is available on Amazon. And you can reach me on Instagram. That's the platform where I am the most active, at Leah Murati. And I always love to chat about writing, about journaling, about anything linked to creativity, productivity. I absolutely love it. So don't hesitate. I'll be happy to chat with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause of Craft. You can follow Leah on Instagram and purchase her manifestation journal on Amazon. Links in the show notes and on causeofcraft.com. And if you found this discussion helpful, try out episode 11 with storyboard artist Eliana Clemente. She shares why you shouldn't be afraid to turn the page creatively and why fresh starts are important. Another great theme for a new year. As always, if you like the podcast, share with a friend and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those two things really help the show grow. And if you have feedback, suggestions, or guest recommendations, send an email to john at causeofcraft.com. That's j-o-n at causeofcraft.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.